The different types of groups of labs is going to be vitamins, hormones, and other. And then there is a bonus lab that I'm going to talk about in addition to the 10. Welcome back to the PCOS Holistic Coach podcast with me, Dr. Ami Patel, pharmacist, fellow sister, and coach. This podcast is an easy to listen to resource for your busy on the go life. You will learn how you can live a healthier and happier life with PCOS from real conversations about managing PCOS and the symptoms with amazing guest speakers. This month, I'm going to be discussing the top 10 labs that I recommend to request for testing for PCOS as well as monitoring from your um, providers. And today, I'm going to talk about the labs to request and why. I'm not going to be talking specifically about what each lab value should be and what's normal because the specific labs vary based on where you get the lab tested as well as um, what country you live in as well as like the actual lab and how they monitor those specific labs. So that's why I don't feel like it's as valuable to talk about the specific ranges, but what's more important is why each test is important and why you should request it or from your provider if they don't already plan on ordering it and why it should be monitored. So with that being said, um, first, before you request any labs, if you're concerned, that there's going to be a problem from insurance. I would definitely recommend that you contact your insurance company if you live in America and if you have a big um, well-known insurance company like Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or United Healthcare or Aetna, then these labs should be covered. But I don't want to say anything. The only thing is like when I talk about the thyroid panel, there might be specific parts of that that may maybe not be covered they're not always ordered so it would just be best to speak to them if you guys have any concerns before doing the lab testing because you don't want to have unexpected bill um so i'm going to be talking about the labs they're important um the, the specific labs are important for specific reasons um, it's important to know and monitor these things. Sometimes these labs can be linked to specific symptoms you're experiencing. It's always important to know what you'll gain from looking at those labs. Sometimes there's certain labs where it's like, okay, great, we have it, but it's not really gonna change anything that we do. So was it really worth getting type of thing, which I will talk about later. So the different types of groups of labs is going to be vitamins, hormones, and other. And then there is a bonus lab that I'm going to talk about in addition to the 10 at the end of the um, class. So just make sure that you stay tuned till the end for that. Um, and also in the notes, you'll see a handout that has these labs listed. Um, Okay, so the first set of labs is really important, the vitamins and some signs and symptoms. So the vitamins specifically are things like iron, vitamin B12, and vitamin D, and it's important to um, 
get these checked for many reasons and some signs and symptoms of having low levels of iron, vitamin B12 and vitamin D are things like low energy, fatigue, low mood. And this can be confused with a lot of things. So it could be vitamin deficiencies. It could just be PCOS or it could be medications that you're taking to monitor the symptoms or to manage the symptoms of PCOS that can actually lead to vitamin deficiencies. So for example, metformin is commonly prescribed for insulin resistance, but metformin, the higher the dose and the longer that you take it for, can actually deplete the vitamin B12 level. So it's important to monitor that and supplement as necessary. The next medication is birth control, which is commonly prescribed as well to manage the symptoms of PCOS, but birth control can also deplete some vitamins and minerals such as folic acid, vitamin B2, B6, B12, vitamin C and E, and minerals such as magnesium, selenium, and zinc. So it's important to make sure you get at least the vitamin B12. Some of those other things like selenium, you can't really measure, um, but, if you have like a low B12 level, your doctor may recommend that you take a B complex instead of just a B12 if you are on birth control because it does lower these other vitamins and minerals. Another thing is being on a vegetarian diet that can cause low levels of vitamin B12 and iron. Some of us that have PCOS may also be experienced heavy periods. So with heavy periods, your iron levels could get depleted. So that's why it's important to monitor that as well. And then with the vitamin D12, with the lifestyles that we live, which right now is like primarily indoors and especially like those of us that live in places that are like gloomy for like six months at a time, like in the Northeast region or like Canada or other parts of the world, like London, then you may not be exposed to sun as much, which may cause you to have a low vitamin D level. Also, those of us that have dark skin, you may, um, it takes longer for our body to absorb and process the vitamin D. So you have to be exposed to vitamin, or you have to be exposed to the sun for a longer period of time. And like the ideal time to get the sun is like between noon and like four. And you know, that doesn't always work for everyone. So for all those reasons, many of us may have low vitamin D. So it's important to test it. And the good thing about the vitamins is that if you are low in the vitamins then you can easily substitute it with a supplement, a high quality supplement. You can try to ensure that you're getting the vitamins from your diet as well as you're trying to get that sun exposure when you can. So that summarizes the vitamins. The next section is going to be the hormones. So the hormones that I'm going to cover include things like DHEAS, which stands for dehydroepiandrosterone sulfate, aka DHEAS for short, for that reason. Um, testosterone level, anti-malarian hormone, and insulin 
fasting, fasting insulin level, which is actually a hormone. So those are the different hormones that I would recommend to get tested and to talk firstly about DHEAS. That is a hormone that's produced by the adrenal gland and it is a precursor to testosterone, which is commonly known as a male hormone. However, all males and females have different levels of testosterone, estrogen and progesterone, and males have more test testosterone than females. However, some levels of male hormones are important for normal function for females, such as like important for muscle mass, mood, fertility, and libido. So it is important to have male hormones in appropriate levels. And both with DHEAS and testosterone, it's important that the age is considered of the person when they're being tested because what is normal range will depend on the age. So that's also another reason why it's not really fruitful to kind of just give you guys ranges. But that is important to keep in mind and um, having low levels of DHEAS can mean that you have adrenal fatigue and that can also be associated with poor egg quality. But on the other hand, having high levels can be a sign of excess androgens and that turns into male hormone or excess testosterone as well. Um, so um, that's why it's important that your level is not too low and not too high. And so that brings me to talk about the next hormone, testosterone. And having too low testosterone again can impact fertility, but having too much can cause those unwanted symptoms of PCOS, such as like male-like symptoms like male pattern baldness, having hair along the jawline, having acne, and with the testosterone, it's important to test the free as well as total. Um, free testosterone is basically like testosterone that's floating around in the bloodstream and that testosterone gets into the things like the pores, causing acne, the hair follicles, causing hair loss, getting into the ovaries and causing the irregular periods and maybe impacting ovulation. That's why it's really important to get the testosterone level tested. The next level going along with hormones and fertility is looking at the anti-malarian hormone, also known as AMH. This is known as the ovarian reserve. So basically this determines the number of follicle, follicles that are in the ovary. And for those of us that have PCOS, the number can be high due to skipped periods or you know, going for months and months without periods. So you can have high levels of AMH if you have PCOS. And the next hormone that I'm going to talk about is the fasting insulin hormone. And this hormone is different than, sorry, so fasting insulin is different than looking at something like hemoglobin A1C and glucose. Those things are measurements of glucose, but they're very different than the fasting insulin level. Um, and sometimes providers only test for hemoglobin A1C and glucose, but unfortunately that doesn't help determine the impact of insulin resistance because insulin resistance 
usually remains high and unmanaged for many, many years before it starts impacting something like glucose and hemoglobin A1C. So that's why it's important to get a separate fasting insulin level and fasting as in before you eat. So first thing in the morning, um, because your insulin level will vary when you're having your meals as your body produces more insulin to process the food and the meals. That's it's important. It's important to get a fasting level. And that brings me next to talk. Oh, sorry. And then the one thing with the high levels of insulin is that it can also contribute to high levels of testosterone. So that's why it's important that insulin level is managed as well. And as I mentioned, testosterone leads to a lot of the unwanted symptoms of PCOS. Okay, the next section that I'm going to talk about is the others um, lab that labs to request. So other includes hemoglobin A1C, a lipid panel, and a thyroid panel. So hemoglobin A1C, even though it doesn't directly help you determine whether you have PCOS or not, it is useful to track and monitor because PCOS is, um, sorry, hemoglobin A1C is used to diagnose diabetes um, or pre-diabetes. It's important to keep an eye on it um, just to make sure that your hemoglobin A1C is not creeping up and your insulin resistance doesn't lead to diabetes. The next level or the next set of labs to look at is called a lipid panel, which includes total cholesterol, triglycerides, triglycerides, HDL and LDL, which is like known as good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. And insulin resistance unfortunately causes something called dyslipidemia, which is abnormal. Lipid, lipid levels. And this is important because this puts you at risk for heart disease. So it's really important to monitor your lipid panel. Heart disease means you can have things like heart attack or stroke down the road. So it's really important to monitor the lipid panel. And then the last set of labs is going to be a thyroid panel. So this doesn't mean just TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, but it also includes things like a T3, a T4, reverse T3, because it's important to know that if your TSH is impacted, then what parts specifically are impacting the TSH. And um, all the hormones in our body are connected, kind of like a symphony. If one thing is off, then the whole orchestra does not really sound great. So Similarly, like over time, if you continue to have a hormone imbalance, then it can impact other parts of your body, like your thyroid. Also, some of the symptoms overlap with PCOS. So if you're still trying to determine if you have a PCOS diagnosis, um, or if you feel like you're doing everything for your PCOS, but you're still not seeing improvement, then it could be worth looking to see if the thyroid is an issue. So, so some of the signs and symptoms of hypothyroidism, which is like low thyroid level, are things like sensitivity or intolerance to cold, fatigue, weakness, muscle aches, weight gain. So some of those symptoms like 
fatigue and weight gain are similar to PCOS. That's why it's important to know whether those symptoms are related to the thyroid or the PCOS part. And TSH is also really important to monitor, especially for those that are thinking about conceiving. Um, TSH impacts pregnancy and fertility, and it can be linked to miscarriages. So you want to try to get ahead of the game and just make sure that all your thyroid levels are good as well. And with that being said, that brings me to the end to talk about the cortisol level. So cortisol is also known as a stress hormone. And this comes with a caveat because cortisol fluctuates throughout the day. It's the highest first thing in the morning because cortisol helps our body wake up. And then it's lowest at nighttime to help us go to sleep. So the best time to take this lab would be between like 6 a.m. and 8 a.m., but that's not always realistic for people to get tested then. And therefore, it makes you kind of think that is it really worth doing if it's not going to be done at the ideal time? And then how accurate will it be because it fluctuates throughout the day? The most accurate testing for cortisol is a four-point saliva test done in the morning noon, evening, and at night. So really, um, this is, so all the other labs that I talked about, I would definitely recommend that those get done and they're monitored at least every six months. If not, then uh, once a year at a minimum. And certain things like a lipid panel, you're not really gonna see much of a difference between one to two months. Those, and even like hemoglobin A1C, even your vitamins actually. So basically at a minimum, at least six months wait, and then, sorry, at a minimum once a year. And if you can, twice a year, if your insurance covers it, if your provider wants you to do it that way, then twice a year is ideal. But basically something like cortisol, it's might not be the most beneficial lab. And if you already know that you're super stressed out and you already are trying to work on it, then something like getting cortisol level is not the most fruitful um, result. But I feel like it would be beneficial though, if for example, you are trying everything and you feel like and everything else is coming back within normal limits, then if you are having some sort of stress that's not obvious, like for example, if you're having like inflammation in the body, then that could be contributing to high stress levels. So that's something in a time like that where you could consider getting, but I feel like for the most part, most people know if they're really stressed out and are trying to work on it. So I feel like something like cortisol level may not be the best. But if you want to do it, just to see if your stress is de decreasing over time, then you can definitely talk to your provider and consider getting tested for that. And the ideal time for that is between 6 and 8 a.m. So basically this summer or this ends the class on the top 10 labs that I would recommend get tested for PCOS and the reasons why. 
If you guys have any questions, be sure to leave it in the comments and I will get back to you on that. And then um, be sure to download the handout and keep that with you for your next appointment, just to make sure that you're getting those labs tested and monitored. And that is it. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on the podcast so it can reach other listeners that need support with their PCOS. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram or TikTok at pcos.holistic.coach. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in.